This episode of RFK Refugees is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to ensure that there are future episodes and help this show grow, visit patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. That's patreon.com slash rfkrefugees. Enjoy the show. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As I get myself situated, sorry, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a minute since I've done this, so I apologize for that. Transition was a little rougher than I thought, but we're back. Our Fury Refugees podcast. Ted here, John here, talking DC United, talking U.S. soccer, talking gift ideas, everything to your heart's content. John, how you doing, my friend? I am also remembering how to do this because I just had. Uh our audio circulate through my feed. So yeah. I am uh, remembering how to podcast. You would think we've not done this 89 <laughs> times already. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you take, you take a couple breaks and sometimes, you know, it takes, it takes a minute to get back into it. So, yeah, you know, the rest off. it's, uh, it's understandable. It's completely understandable. Um, but we're back and uh, we have a show to talk about. Uh, should we just get right into it or how was your weekend, John? I should ask that first. How's your weekend? How, how is, how is baby prep going? You know, we've, I feel like we bought all the things, but there's no way that we bought all the things or even come close to it. So listeners, if you really want to find a, uh, a gift for your favorite podcast or we're registered at target, then you know, my name, <laughs> So <laughs> there are many things left to buy. If any of you have kids happen to know that that's the case. So, you know, yeah, a lot, a lot of money is spent. A lot of, a lot of things are, are bought a lot of that, a lot of stuff that I haven't experienced yet. And, um, don't want to experience for a little while now. So you're young yet. Yeah, I'm young. Young. I still want to enjoy. You're youngish yet. Let's let's not get carried away. <laughs> let's not get carried away exactly. But uh, let's talk soccer. Let's talk uh, DC United. Um, been a little bit of a quiet off season, I guess, until today. Uh, official news coming out: Bill Hamid is back, a three year contract. Um, I don't think they've disclosed his salary. Uh, the rumors are they use 750k in TAM uh, to pay his Danish club to bring him back. You can use TAM for transfer fees. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Most of um, most of the time, the reason you do it is because it allows you to avoid the salary cap hit. Um, so if you use TAM on your transfer fee, then you don't have to incur that payment on the salary cap. Um, so yes, you can use t- uh, you can use that money. So essentially, the league paid the transfer fee. Thanks, Don Garber. Yes, thanks, Don Garber. Thank Gar- thank you, Garber Bucks. Uh, we've talked a little bit about this, John. Um, I think when it became official, there there were kind of two camps here. There were people. I, I'm sure the people in in Camp B were equally excited to have Bill Hamid back, but there were people that were like, "Yes, Bill Hamid's back. We needed to do this. Let's go." And then other people were like, "Geez, we paid. You know, a lot of people were using this as a chance to dump on the current." Um, the current people in charge, uh, particularly Dave Casper, um, Ben Olson probably gets thrown in there, though this is probably mostly on um, on Dave Casper. Um, the fact that he was a DC9 homegrown, left for uh, left for Denmark, and then DC had to basically pay to get him back. Um, I raised on Twitter that I I don't know if it's worth this if this move in particular. There are plenty of reasons to criticize DC United and the moves they've made, the signings they've made. The players they've kept, the players they've let go, the the ma- certain management decisions that they've made. But I will say I'm not sure this one is one you really want to dump them on. I think there were a lot of extenuating circumstances, some things out of their control. Um, I believe Charlie Bohm, friend of the show, guy who's been on the show a bunch of times, raised the point that, well, they should have offered a contract quicker. Um, you know, we don't know that they necessarily, maybe they did do that. Maybe they did approach Bill before the contract was done. And Bill's like, no, 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 I want to wait it out and see what it looks like in a year. And um, I know Stephen Goff has reported that he had made several verbal commitments that he was going to sign and then backed out of those to go to Europe. And um, the the extended situation was he wanted to go to Europe. He wanted to test himself. He was getting a lot of pressure also from the U.S. national team. He wanted to make himself a fixture there. Um, I don't blame for him to go. And I think that was sort of, I'm going to go ahead and say that was probably about 60 to 70% out of DC United's control. 
And I'm not sure he would have garnered the interest if he wasn't on a free transfer. I'm not sure many teams would be willing to pay a transfer fee. Um, at the time, he had shown he had very, very few appearances with the U.S. Um, with the U.S. men's national team. And at that time, when he was coming up, uh, that's what you needed to really garner a lot of attention. It's a little different now, and I think he kind of um, he kind of missed his window. Um, golf seems to think he's going back. Um, I think he's here until and DC United until he retires. I don't see him unless a big time club comes and offers him uh, big time money to go. I don't see him leaving. Uh, do you feel the same? Uh, yeah, and I don't think they will because he's got no chance to get into the national team picture. And uh, most teams are not going to make a big money offer. Most European teams are not going to make a big money offer for a, a goalie in his 30s with no national team opportunities. Additionally, there could be a problem with a work permit. Uh, in mm-hmm. England, for instance, and other countries too. So I, I, I think I agree that Bill is likely here for the long haul. Um, but also, just to sort of rewind, uh, I didn't care at all that we paid a transfer fee. I, I does, it does not matter to me at all. $750,000 of fake money is fine. Sure, you could have used it on other things, but I also don't care. We have him back. We have him back for three years now. We don't have to keep worrying about what our plan is going to be post-Bill Hamid because three years is a long time from now. Um and we still don't know what the rest of the team's um, strategies are for the rest of the, of the, of the lineup. So um, I get it, it's easy to make fun of, and people made, made the easy jokes about giving a team $750,000 for your own homegrown. It's funny. I get it. I, it's, easy to, it's easy to mock. I get it. Um, but he, the only leverage MLS players have is running their contract all the way down. Mm-hmm. So they have so little. They have they have so little say, so little freedom of movement in the single entity structure, that some of these players know that to dictate their terms in any substantial way, uh, they've got to they've got to really hold all the cards, and that's the only way they can hold all the cards. So uh, it's happened a lot. Charlie actually pointed it out. It happens a lot in MLS. It's sort of an epidemic, I think, because of um, you know the league has like shut down offers teams have shut down offers that players have really wanted. Uh, and they just say, you know what, what is the way that I can take care of me and make my own choices? And that's to be without contract or be in my last year. So it makes sense to wait it down. And I, you know, I think the, the way that MLS has tampers down salaries also impacts that there are numerous, numerous stories of European teams coming to MLS teams and offering, lower salaries and MLS countering with big salaries, you know, in some cases 10 million, you know, saying, Oh no, we want 10 million for this player. And European clubs are like, that's ridiculous. You know, we can see the MLS salary that you're only paying this player $500,000 a season. Why should we pay, you know, why you, so they look at that and they say, that's what we see as you valuing that player at. And why should we, um, why should we, why should we pay that amount? Well, you know, it doesn't make sense to them. And there's a lot of things about MLS's structure. It's part of the reason the Emil Saad, Emil Saad transfer didn't go through because of how MLS handles transfer fees and how it impacts salary cap. And you had a South American club that either, you know, didn't know or didn't care um, about how DC operates. Um, and so they, they held out. So I think a lot of that sort of plays a role into it. And it's going to be interesting to see if anything changes with the um, with the CBA agreement with regards to that. Uh, which of course is coming up um, with the negotiations are been very quiet lately, but I'm sure they'll heat up once we get past the Christmas holidays and, and into the new year. Um, we've been told we've been told that both sides want to reach a deal by by Ted Garber in the last three weeks, so that means that that's going to happen for sure. Labor <laughs> peace once again. I'm it is it is going to be curious here. There's there's so much. <laughs> The league is more successful than it's been, right? But it still feels very tenuous. It does. Feel, it does to me feel like a strike would be, would be really bad. <laughs> I think from an interest perspective, I, I think I'm. I'm not sure. Yes, I would say it would be. It would be bad. I will say that the amount of bad, quote unquote, it would be is starting to get less and less. Um, I don't. I was on the. I was on the fence of the idea that coming in. I was saying, you know, I'm seeing. I'm feeling like this is the moment when we might have a strike. Like we're, we're, we're getting closer and closer and closer. And in fact, the, um, the last CBA was basically negotiated at the very last minute. Yep. Um, there was, it was literally, uh, there was reporters being in the hotel room 
And they basically were like, they basically, the owners watching said, here's our offer, take it or leave it. They had a vote and they said, well, we're just going to take this because, you know, we can't afford it. I think it, it, it's going to happen at some point. It doesn't happen this year. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like maybe the owners are willing to cave at least a little bit on more structural changes. And it seems like what the, you know, this isn't a cost of, you know, money or, or necessarily a revenue sharing or a lot of the other things that really get messy in CBA negotiations. A lot of this has to do with, you know, charter flights and other things. So um, I, I am, I, I do find it funny. The players have made a, a sense like, you know, no, we need to get rid of Tam. Tam needs to go away. And yet we're still seeing teams trade for Tam. And it's like, you're trading for money that might not even exist, you know, next season. I'm sure they'd figure out some sort of compensation for it. But um, that I've, I just find that funny. It's like, trade for Tam in 2021. And I'm like, will there even be Tam in three years? <laughs> or we'll all just go into one big pot. And then that, like, changes valuations of how you value trades. But um, just something interesting I've noticed. Yeah, another thing, too, to think about, too, from a leverage, player ownership leverage perspective, any other American sport that strikes, fans of that sport have no other place to watch that sport, really. Football, or to go, basketball, are you going to watch Eurobasket? Maybe you are, probably not. It's on Flow Sports, though. everybody. It's on Flow Sports. And it's true. <laughs> it's true. And I think I think you can watch on some weird, whatever, the, whatever channel, I think it's called One Sports, that uh, the Cosmos used to be on. Yeah, I think they show like Venezuelan league baseball. Didn't that shut down? I thought that I shut probably, down. I'm sure that it did. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, that that is my fear. If I'm if I'm L, if I'm MLS the players union, and I look at the TV ratings, and I wonder if we if we strike, and we're gone for 12 months, the worst case scenario could be that everyone was like, that oh did MLS not happen this year? I uh, I was I was watching soccer. I watched League MX. I watched I watched my EPL team. Like life for me didn't really change too much. So that that's like the worst case scenario is that they they realize their people love going to the games and you know we would have a freaking conniption if there was a strike. <laughs> that would be very bad for us. But yeah. like for other people, I think there are other people that the casuals will will just be just fine. They yeah, will, they will not miss a beat. And you know it wouldn't stop USL, which I was just is let's say USL would would have record at the gates. We, we would become a Richmond Kickers podcast if that happened. Yeah, happened. and Loudon also talking about seven thousand dollars transfer fees for players. <laughs> <laughs> Literally four digits, four digits, which is a big deal for the kickers. I will admit. Um, but yes, uh, circling all the way back, Bill Hamid's back. We think it's great. That's and it's good. It's also good the team got got it done this early. That they got the deal done. They can move on, move forward. We're not. This isn't carrying out into January. This isn't another Yamil Assad. They're not going and signing a player where we're not sure how it's going to be. How how he's going to you know interact with the league. So in that sense, very very good. They got the deal done. Um, another rumor that um, uh, Black and Red United is reporting is that the team is apparently interested in signing um, Joao Plata, who I believe had his option. I believe he had his option decline. I believe he sailed through. Did he sail through the uh, reentry draft? I don't think, or or is he is he was he eligible for free agency? I can't remember. Anyway, the team is apparently interested in signing him. Um, I if this is and, and this is where I need to preface this. If, if this move happens tomorrow, my opinion of the move is going to be dependent on what what else the team does. If they bring back Lucas Rodriguez, if they if they sign a big time number ten, I will absolutely love the move about bringing in Joao Plata. Because it shows that the team is is recognizing that they need to up their depth and they need more depth and they need better depth than what they've had because that's been the huge issue and continues to be the huge issue for DC was just a lack a lack of effective depth. It's why Ben Olsen is using two subs a game or one sub or no subs. Um, it's because he you look down his bench and he's got well you know maybe one option. And you need three or four options now in this league. Look at what you know again. What TFC did with Nick DeLeon. Everybody was everybody was wondering what is D, what is what is TFC doing signing Nick DeLeon, taking three hundred thousand dollars in the contract. Looked like a bargain when he was out there playing for them. So um, that that's kind of the the effort I think DC needs to make. So again, this move is is in a vacuum. It's I don't know how I think about it, but if if it's Supplied with a lot of other big time moves, then I'm I'm more okay with it. Um, I do. It does have me worried that maybe Lucas Rodriguez is not coming back if the, if they're looking at this play. Um, yeah. So 
they might be they might be sitting firm. I think we always said that that two if it was a two and a half million buy option, there's a very good possibility that we don't exercise it, and that it would need to be worked down. Um, and if they're they don't want to, they don't want to. I think I saw on his Instagram he was he was at his home his home stadium. He was he saw a game there. Yeah, um, he, he did he did come back. He came back I think after that. But M Rickling on our YouTube comment says he was chatting with his boy Jason Levy on Sunday at the uh, Screaming Eagles holiday party, and he said Ariola was definitely playing on the wing. And they're looking at a DP number 10, either a mid-career player from Latin America or less probably an older player from a EuroLeague. Give me some realistic names that I can fantasize about. How about Cesc Fabregas? Yeah, he's uh, Ozil. <laughs> at Monaco. There, he is rumored to... Not rumored. They, they've, they've tied him to Thierry Henry in Montreal as a, as a possibility. That would be interesting. Um, he would uh, not be interested in playing defense or running around <laughs> too much. Uh, but the man can pass. If you thought Wayne Rooney could pass... Says Fabregas could pass yeah. also, um, and they could probably—I mean, they won't finish as well. But uh, I don't know what he's on from a salary perspective. But yeah. there are—I think that first of all, from that, very good news that Ariel is playing on the wing. I don't want him as a ten. Uh, I, I think that I think he played well there at times. I think when he's at his best, he's a goal-scoring winger, mm-hmm. and less being—you know—less worried about you know playing everyone else in. So that's good. I wish that. Uh, Mr. M. Rickling also happened. Is it maybe Mr. Ickling? No, it's M. Rickling. <laughs> I'm going to call you Mr. Ickling. Uh, it would be fun. It would be great too if they would have let us know if they are looking at a right back or if we can expect to see Mr. Knaus back there again. That would be another area of interest that I'm concerned about. Um, but uh, I think that uh, they obviously, the Jao Plata move is good if he's not a starter, but he's going to be a starter for that amount of money. So. I guess the idea there is that you it doesn't change the fact that Emma Boateng is still your your wing option, particularly if they don't bring on Lucas Rodriguez, like bring back Lucas Rodriguez. Um so yeah. There's still some some it doesn't make us notably better. And if he's on, I think someone said eight hundred thousand, seven hundred it won't be that. I I don't think I don't think it can be that. I mean maybe if they buy they have a whole lot of Tam just kind of sitting there or some allocation money sitting there and buy it down, but I don't think he'll he would have to come down. I would. I would. I could honestly see it coming down right at that salary maximum. Um, it also may, you know, who knows what the with the CBA how that's going to impact it too. So I'd be, I'd be curious about that as well. But I don't think it'll be at eight hundred thousand. It would be at least a couple hundred thousand less. And um, um, apparently, he's had a little bit of a downturn at Salt Lake, from what I've heard. So maybe that'll play. Yeah, I mean, it. it's not. If it was a few years ago, where he was scoring, I believe he had a year where he was scoring double digit goals. Yeah. Um, he had a he had a pretty strong team around him at the time, I recall. Um, so I don't know, but I mean, I I think the piece maybe depending on the price. If if he is a backup to Quincy Ameriqua, though, I am all for this because I think he would provide a change of pace. A backup like Quincy, a backup like Quincy. Okay, yeah, he would be he would offer speed, change of pace, just a little bit something a little bit more than what we got out of Quincy. Uh, We love you, Quincy, but. I think we would get a little bit more out of Plata than we would out of Quincy. Um, and I think he would contribute a little bit more. So that I'm for this move. Again, like I said, if this is surrounded by some other bigger, bigger moves that are a little bit better and maybe some guys that they're bringing back like Lucas Rodriguez, then I am very, very much okay with this move. If this ends up being the Lucas Rodriguez replacement, um, I'm going to be less happy about that. Let's just say that. Um. We got the schedule, or the opening games, I guess we could say. We haven't gotten the schedule yet. It should be coming out in a few weeks. Uh, DC United, uh, assuming everything goes okay, uh, DC United will be playing their home opener at uh, February 29th, which I guess is March 1st if we're not under leap year. But uh, soccer in February, everybody. Everybody excited for, like, 40-degree weather? It's and- the first game of the league season, in fact. It's, it's 1 o'clock on the first day, beating uh- – the other teams that are also starting that day. So well, there's soccer to be, if, if anyone's watching MLS on the 29th at one o'clock, they're watching DC United, although it's not going to be nationally televised. So <laughs> they aren't probably <laughs> it's going to be on, it's going to be on ESPN plus you're an ESPN plus subscriber. You will be able to see it. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you live in the DC area and it's on somewhere else, you know, who knows, who knows what that's going to be like, but didn't you could be the stadium. I, a one o'clock kickoff is nice for me being from Richmond because sure. it is a day trip rather than a, trip in the middle of the day and then getting back at like midnight and crashing in bed. So I'm okay with that. Um, start time is of course, I mean the weather 
it might be cold. It might be wet. And it might be rainy. It's definitely going to be cold. It's probably not going to be, you know, balmy and 60 degree weather. It's going to be probably between 40 and 50. I'd be curious to look at like DC weather on February or March 1st, like last year, just to see what that's like. But um, uh, they apparently are, are going to play their next game at home as well. Um, and uh, also a uh, quirk of the schedule is that not everybody is going to play everybody. And the MLS season, uh, Stephen Goff reporting that that basically they're going to be three teams that DC United will not play this season. Um, I hope they're good ones. Yeah, <laughs> LAFC, Seattle, and uh, Atlanta. Those are the three teams we shouldn't play. Yeah, well, we're gonna play Atlanta. It's out of conference, my friend. So it's probably gonna be. Let's say, let's say Galaxy, LAFC, and Seattle. Let's let's hope it's they're great, excellent. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, but uh, it, I guess the question the, everybody's talking about is what does this mean? for the supporter shield, which is the trophy. It does it get relegated to a NHL president's trophy type thing. Um, is it still, do you think it should still count towards whether you make the champions league or not? Um, that I think is the more, for me, the more interesting question is it does still matter in the sense that you make the champions league. And I, I have a creative solution, creatively idea solution, but John, I want to get your thoughts first. What do you what do you think about does this devalue the supporter shield for you? Yeah, I think that it's gonna start being used as like the coffee table bowl that you put keys in, or maybe like pine cones in the winter. Um, I I don't I think that they're probably gonna to move away from the fact that it gives you Champions League. Uh, like if they're still following the guidance of their report that says to de-emphasize uh, supporter shield, I think having an unbalanced schedule the way they do that's a good step. I mean, there's no choice, I think, necessarily by the way that the league is structured this year by number, um, but it makes sense. It goes along that pathway, and if they wanted to get rid of it or de-emphasize it, this would be the good first year to do it. And then second, you take away that, you take away the supporter shield, getting you automatic buy into the Champions League. And then after that happens, the people who are mad about it are going to be a very small, loud, and angry contingent, but you could probably just put them in a little box and don't worry about it. Basically anybody on YouTube, I think, is or anybody podcasters. Oh, I want to talk about. I want to bring big soccer back in the American <laughs> soccer like mindset. Although I'm sure people who are still on it think that they're still very relevant. Maybe they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I think if a team because I remember there was there was a big controversy about it when MLS went away from a completely they used to have a completely balanced schedule. Everybody played everybody home and away. They went away from it, and then I think that was the year that um, San Jose ran away with the title. I think if a team runs away with it, like you know, and especially if they play the teams that they are competing against it and they win it, I think you can still it'll still be valued. But I think if it gets, if it comes down to you know one team in the West, one team in the East, they never play each other, and one team you know in the East wins it by two points. And the other team was, you know, the other schedule was was awful. One idea I have to fix it, and this is really just purely for Supporter Shield, is how what determines whether you make it into the Supporter Shield is going to be your performance in, or what what sorry, what determines whether you make it into the Champions League as that regular season. So you still have U.S. Open Cup champion, MLS Cup champion, and then you have Eastern and Western Conference champ. Uh, conference champions and that is just purely based on on your matches in, inside your opponent so you could have a theory where maybe you could have a, a situation potentially where you have maybe a team who's the supporter shield champion and then maybe a team like in fourth but they lost a bunch of games to their western conference opponents and you know you could theoretically have a situation like that but i think that's a way maybe you can still have the regular season be a test um for making it into the champions league and have it balanced so that's my sort of one idea on how to do this um do you think it's you think it's a bad idea john i don't i don't think it's a bad idea yeah you're you're seeing my you're seeing my my befuddled face because i just happened to spend the last 20 seconds searching rfk refugees on big soccer and i found the first mean comment about us on the internet It's all on big soccer, my friend. I know it's the first time. Read it. No, Very... you need to read it now. You got to read it. I got to read it. Okay. Yeah, Hold read on. it. Go ahead. Let's read some mean comments. <laughs> I tried to listen to RFK Refugees podcast, but those guys are latecomers and don't even have a complete grasp of the DCU history that only goes back twenty-two seasons. Just unlistenable. They're talking about me, by the way. Uh, oh. My favorite remains United Media, United Mania, but sadly, those four got well. They're gone. So yeah, that would be hard. 
Uh, and then another person complained that we don't have enough. Uh, we don't have enough um, in, in player interviews. Uh, and then other people said nice things, but literally, you guys have been generally. And now I'm inviting negative comments. I, this is <laughs> like honey. It's like bees to honey. But generally, people have been extremely nice to us, nicer than they probably should be to us. Uh, and now it took me going to big soccer to search our name to, to find the first mean thing. <laughs> I'll, I'll say to those people who are mean, I, I was five when the league started. So I it's it's hard. I'm for- young. My name's Ted. I'm really young. I don't have a kid yet because I'm so young. <laughs> I'm gonna make you. I, I need. I need to fill fulfill some of my duty. But uh, we appreciate. We appreciate criticism. We. I. It's. It's how we make us better. I feel like when we get too much, like you know, good vibes, we get a little lazy. You know. So I think. I think criticism is great. It kind of keeps yeah, us on our toes. Yourself. I only want good vibes. Good vibes only. <laughs> no fake friends. Just. Just tell me how great we are. Now, I, I did say constructive criticism. That's constructive true. criticism is important. Not. Why weren't you guys fans when Ted was five and also uh, before John watched any soccer? Why didn't you have a complete knowledge? I- I'll go toe to toe with anybody on DC history. I will go. I will. I will. I- Big soccer commenter. You want to call into the show? By the way, call in. By the way, two zero two nine zero five zero four five four. You want to call into the show and you want to like you know we want to do like a-, a-, a DCU trivia off. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. I Let's think he's it. listening to old United Mania podcasts on repeat. I think that's his current <laughs> what he's listening to. By the way. They don't exist anymore, but that was also my favorite DC United podcast. Oh, it was, was yeah. Very good. I've actually um I I rode back on the metro from one of the um one of the United Media people, uh, one of the guys who used to do the show. He's the one who moved to Richmond. I can't, and I feel really bad that I've forgotten his name. Um, I'm sorry. I've been sick for the past week, so I'm gonna blame it on that. Um, but uh, I rode back from him, and uh, so yeah, you now they're they're still doing the podcast. They're still um. Uh, they're still really cool guys and they, they were, they're not doing the podcast, but they are still really cool people. Very into DC United. Um, Chris Webb, I still see post, um, a lot of the time. So, but yeah, Chris Webb, Chris Webb still maintains his exact podcast uh, (laughs) on Twitter. So that's good, I guess. All right, let's get out of, uh, as much as we love the other podcasters and the people who came before us, let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit. And uh, let's talk some U.S. soccer. I know John is like probably going to like just mute his microphone now because he doesn't want to talk about it. (laughs) I'm going to show the test pattern on my on my screen. You'll just see me (laughs) doing some laundry. Go ahead. Yes. uh, But let's talk. uh, I want to talk U.S. soccer. Uh, uh, An article came from Caitlin Murray, um, essentially from a former D.C. United player, Ernie Stewart, from 2003 to 2005, I think is when how long he played. I'm going to go ahead and say that. Um, he was on the 2004 MLS Cup champion team. Take that big soccer guy. I know my D.C. history. Um, Ernie Stewart uh, talking about defending the policy. He is the – I think he's the – he's either the CEO or technical director, I think, now for, for U.S. soccer. Um, but he has uh, instituted a policy, what everybody's calling the Chicago policy, which basically says if you're going to work for U.S. soccer, you need to move to Chicago. Um, very, very controversial policy. It's something that U.S. soccer has never had. And the the article kind of reads, he's basically saying, well, we want everybody to be in the same room because I don't know any club, club, club that is successful. Um, I need to emphasize club uh, was successful when everybody was when you have people scattered around. And my response to that is you're not running a club. You're not running a you're not running Manchester United. You're not running. You know, you're not running a Dutch club. You're not running Ajax. You're running the U.S. soccer program, which spans several million more miles than what a club in Ajax represents. Um, and I think it's an absolutely absurd policy, and it's it's effective. And a lot of a lot of people in U.S. soccer hate it. And the the even article even goes in to say that. It's not even perfect. There's not like there's like a if there was a centralized training facility in Chicago that they could work year round, that they could bring players in, they could have coaches, then maybe there's a little bit more of a okay, maybe we do need this, you know, maybe we do need, you know, maybe the idea of having this is a good idea. But the soccer house, the current setup in Chicago is not set up for for that. And it's an absolutely baffling policy. It's awful, terrible. It just kind of goes to show how bad U.S. soccer is being run right now. Um, I don't know. Do you have any? Do you have any differing opinion on this other than what I just said, or do you think this is as dumb as it seems? It seems it seems dumb. Um, it's. I mean, I like Chicago. I wouldn't want to live down in winter. 
Uh, I don't know if it would be a deal breaker for me whether or not I want to take a job with them, but I think that probably uh, maybe they're like those, maybe they're like, maybe uh, U.S. soccer is boomers that are, that hate remote workers and are like, no, everyone, I want butts and seats, nine to five. You got to be in the office. I got to look at you. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care who you are. I've got to, I've got to have eyes on. It's my thought. Yeah. If I, it just doesn't. It, to me, it just doesn't um, – when you have a country as big as the United States is and when you need to be spread out and you need to be – you need to be spread out because you're going to have players from all over the all over the country. It just doesn't it, – it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. It, it really – it really doesn't. Um, and I, I just think it's a dumb policy. And, and when you have people hating it, just to dig in – again, this is – you know, this is becoming commonplace now. Greg Berhalter digging in his heels about how he wants the United States to play. And no, there is no plan B. This is how we're going to play. Again, speaks to, um, I think, a little bit of an arrogance and not for not really thinking about what's realistic. Um, and uh, yeah. U.S. soccer arrogant? <laughs> You know what? You know what? You know what makes me does, and I, and I'm gonna look around and, and duck again. Um, it makes me miss uh, Sunil Gulati. It really does. It really does. People will be upset by that. It, give you know what? And here's the thing: where I you're I am not hearing one thing. One thing about U.S. soccer is it didn't matter. It didn't matter what was going on. Sunil Gulati was available to the media. He's making statements. He's Give the guy some credit. He cared about U.S. soccer being successful. It's why he went out and signed a, a guy like uh, Yagir and Klinsman and took a chance on him. Um, so, I mean, give the guy some credit. I think he deeply cared about making U.S. soccer successful. Did he make mistakes? Yes. Did he? Did he deserve? Did he not deserve to have his job after what happened in 2018 with Klinsman and, and Arena? Absolutely. I, I full 100 back that. But Cordero is to me. He is been worse because he has been silent he's not he apparently supports this policy and apparently he's becoming he's very hands-off he's very much letting other people sort of do things and i think that could be a good thing in a certain sense if you hire the right people but i don't think he has the right people there so that's all i'm gonna say on that um i miss sunil based on how i'm seeing cordero handle based on the amount of the lawsuits the 150 million dollar reserve is now down to 40 million apparently um, so, uh, th- there's some troubling times right now and U S soccer has been blessed, I think with a very, very deep talent pool that, that is starting to come up. And I think that's why Burhalter might end up surviving and making the world cup and, and ha- being pretty successful because he's got a good talent pool. Uh, but the U 17 world cup did not go well for the team. Um, now there's the Olympics coming up. Um, if this team goes through what happened several generations before they still don't have the several youth coaches. They still don't have, um, we could be in for a long, another, another lost generation, um, much like what led to the U S collapsing out of the world cup, uh, qualifying in 2018. So, um, and, and led to me not caring anymore. Yeah. So yeah. You it, could, you it, could be creating more John Hoffman's who somehow do not care at all about us soccer. Oh, and their and their their Spanish speaking Twitter account got shut down because they were not using it. Twitter literally deleted their account. <laughs> so that just goes to show, I mean, and you have huge population that you're ignoring. And, and, you know, there's also, there's again, still reports about players who have Mexican and American citizenship that they're not even being contacted. It's, it's, it's becoming almost it's becoming almost laughable at this point. Um, it is laughable. Yeah, it is fully laughable. <clears throat> and uh, on top of that, also we have NWSL news also coming from Yahoo Sports. I think from also from Caitlin Murray, who's uh, getting a lot of good coverage about this, uh, talking about the uh, NWSL and the ownership. Apparently, wanting uh, there's a big push right now. If if you don't know, NWSL is owned by U.S. Soccer. It is managed by U.S. Soccer. Um, it is run by U.S. Soccer. The owners play a role, I guess, in supporting the teams, but it's basically all run, you know, by U.S. Soccer. It's why there's sort of an allocation of U.S. players to different to different teams. Um, apparently, U.S. Soccer would like long term that not to be the case. They would like to, you know, push it on out there. And I think the owners want it as well because I think the owners and for me, the complaints I had earlier about. Players missing games, missing big games because they were playing for U.S. Um, they were playing for uh, for the U.S. national team or had events related to the U.S. national team. Um, 
very, very, uh, very important is the fact that, you know, they were missing key NWSL games, and that's because U.S. Soccer has their contract. So I think U.S. Soccer would like to separate. I'm sure the owners would like to separate, so they have maybe a little bit more control. Um, apparently, what NWSL owners went to U.S. Soccer was saying they want $7 million in 2020 and then $5 million every year after that um, through 2028, basically, is what they were looking for. Um, instead, U.S. Soccer offered a counting proposal that said, basically, we're going to continue to run things for a year while we work this out. Um, that's, a, that's a counter. Yeah. That's basically <laughs> a, a long proposal. And then the counter is no. No, we're, we're just going to do it. Um, we're just going to do another year. I think they do. They do want long term. I think this to be on its own. I think that is a good thing for for yes. for the league, for the league to grow and the league to expand. Um, they're also looking for, I think, a new television deal. And I think they're being smart about this. They're saying, look, you know, we want a television deal. We don't just want, you know, after the World Cup, you guys sign us for a quick, bu- quick bump. We want an actual commitment that says through the World Cup year. You're gonna. You are going to. Um, you are going to be our media partner. I think what they should do is they should extend that past the World Cup. Um, I think they should say, "Look, you know, show us love. You'll get the next World Cup, but you have to make a commitment right now. Otherwise, you know, we're not going to go with you." Um, that's a huge, huge issue that that I think the NWSL needs to figure out. They need to be off Yahoo streaming which was originally Go90, and they need to be on – their games need to be on a platform people can watch, and they need to have a long-term deal. Um, I think it's great that the Spirit have a deal with NBC Sports, um, and I think the games to watch there were great, and it was great to put them on. Um, but I think there needs to be there needs to be some long term some long term commitments. So I hope they get it. Don't forget their deal with Monumental Sports. What's that? Don't forget their deal with Monumental Sports. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Where you can. I happen to have access to Monumental Sports through an old login that probably should be turned off by now, but hasn't been. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the games aren't even live. I don't think it's just like the plate the repository for rebroadcasts of local games. Like, <laughs> cool. Cool. Awesome. The uh, the other thing I think it's. My, one of my beefs with NWSL, if I need to have a beef, I don't necessarily need to have a beef. Um, I would like the league to get big enough so that they're stable enough so that the players can stay on their teams and not have to be. There is such there is the the amount of player movement is so high, like the churn. You know, there's all the redraft mechanism, just like there is an MLS, but like it's very hard for a player to have a like a career long run with the team, just due to the fact that teams shutter. They have there's an, if there's an expansion ring just like MLS there'll be a move but then there's also just there's just high rates of churn and I think that you know it doesn't really matter but I think it's it's nice when there's players you know there's one player on the spirit that can say that they've been there since the start yeah um, and you'd like there to be more and you know the the spirit basically had to blow up and start over because like literally a bunch of players left and a lot of that was dealing with the ownership. And there were a lot of a lot of controversy regarding to that. Um, a lot of it caused me to actually really dial down my spirit support until they finally sold it off to to some to some new owners. Um, a lot of what happened there, I was not not I did not approve of at all. So, um, it, it, but the movement is is bad, and a lot of and also the movement of teams has also been. You had the Western New York Flash win the championship and then move. Um, I think there was some talk about another team moving. Um, there have been some some good strides. The Spirit getting you know more games at Audi Field has been good. I think Sky Blue just announced they're going to be playing all their games at Red Bull Arena, um, which is good. Um, you know, so that's all that's all very very good things and things that the league's going to need to need to continue to grow. Um, Sacramento Republic, get your stuff together. Yeah, so that we can have a uh, uh, and um, more teams. Yeah, and that's and and that's another thing too is that there's there there have been talk about Sacramento Republic being the next expansion team for next season, but they haven't announced it yet. And the season's about to start. The draft's about to happen. I think they've already announced their draft. Um, which, by the way, MLS draft not going to be in the live room, which makes me a little sad. But uh, to finish my point, Sacramento. Uh, Sacramento needs to get their act together, and they need to. They, it's very much a fly by the seat of your pants league. It's like it's if you thought MLS is fly by the seat of your pants, NWSL is even crazier when it comes to just like how many things just change in the league and teams move and all kinds of all kinds of crazy things happen. And they they need to have some more stabilization, I think, um, 
in their in their league and um I just hope since I just hope Cincinnati doesn't get a team because I know Rose Lavelle is going to want to go back to Cincinnati and I don't want that to happen. Yeah, there the other NWSL uh, news update is that uh, the Tacoma's team Rain, Rain FC Rain FC are Rain FC are now owned by Lyon, <laughs> which is wild because they are the they're like the the ball and fran- the the ball and women's uh, soccer team franchise in the world. Yeah. So that will be interesting. Still operated by the same GM, husband and wife team uh, that had managed uh, the reign so far from a GM, like a like a you know ownership perspective. But now the money's behind them, which will be interesting because there's been a conversation about Barcelona buying into the league for a long time, and it's always been reasons like uh, we have to wear Nike jerseys or whatever whatever the reasons were like weird merch jersey real merch rules. Um, so that will be interesting to see if that changes anything. The, the I don't think based on the salary cap and the salary floor and the, and the player allocation, I'm not sure how much having big money benefits you in this league, like coming in with a lot of money, it will help you off the field. It'll help you provide better amenities and training and coaching and all which, that stuff, which is good. Which attracts more players too. Ball, it's the money ball approach. Yeah. Um, but still overall, it's not like they're going to come in and, and all of a sudden they're going to be the Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I think the amenities part is 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 big. I think right now, I think that's why uh, Carolina Courage have been able to attract better talent because they put a lot of effort into making their team good, and they're rewarded for it. And they also have a really nice stadium that they play them in at at um, at uh, Wake Med Soccer Park. Um, so oh, you were um, talking about the Courage. I thought you were still talking about the the rain. I was like, no, they do not. <laughs> yeah, they do not. No, the rain do not. They play at a baseball on a baseball field. Yeah, not yet. Anyway, not yet, not yet. Maybe one day. Maybe they'll finally. They're, make... they're holding out. There's gonna be a. There's gonna be a. Uh, they're building. I thought a soccer specific stadium for both the Sounders two uh, team and them. I thought they were gonna share it. Yeah. Callers, let call us and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> NWSL faithful who are listening and who are not calling in. By the way, this is a threat. If we do not receive three phone calls by the end of this by the end of this episode, which is coming up pretty soon because we've already talked for quite a while, the the number's going off, guys. We're going. We're, we're not going to hear from the people anymore. Yeah. If you want to talk to us, you're going to have to email us or tweet to us because this is ridiculous. Yeah. Call That's what people. I think. We have some tweets. Do you want to get to the tweets that people have asked we us can, things over can, time? Can, can we just, uh, can we just uh, pay our respects to the end of the Super Draft? Can we do that? Let's do that. We'll, <laughs> two seconds of silence. Because 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 I, I miss – well, no, I want to say I miss – I will miss the Super Draft. I know it's value declined and everything like that. You ever go? I went. I went and when it was in Baltimore and in Philly, um, I saw Perry Kitchen drafted, and I drove up once when they traded away their pick to get Troy Perkins back, and that literally happened the morning. Um, but I still went. Um, draft the the draft is a fun was a fun event to go to, especially if you're a, a U.S. soccer nerd, because there were there's like a who's who of soccer. Kobe, I ran to Kobe Jones. I've gotten pictures with Bruce Serena. I've gotten a picture with Marcelo Balboa. Of course, I got a picture with Ben Olsen. Um, it, it is, it is, it can be a very, very fun. It was a very, very fun event to go to, um, and it, it very much still. I still love some of the Amer- like American tropes. I know a lot of people hate it. You should just be able to sign everywhere. That's how soccer works. But I still liked the draft. It was a fun event. I'm sad to see it go. I guess it's going to be reduced to a phone call or what the MLB draft is because all those players are basically going to USL teams. So press F. To pay respects. Yeah, F's in the chat. In the I chat. went to uh, Philly and saw Birnbaum get uh, drafted. Was I? And I think I was, was on there. a bus full of extremely drunk people, um, <laughs> eight, like at eight in the morning. Eight in the morning. We, we took a yes. six day off of work. It was awesome, though. Yeah. It was really, really fun. It was a, it was incredibly irresponsible use of a sick day, and I would, uh, I would. I don't think I'd do it now, but it was great to have done it. I hope I hope they replace it with something like winter meetings, like the MLB does, which I think that's been talked about. Where like because there are there's a lot of trades that go down, there's a lot of moves that go down. I think Clint Mathis got traded to LA once when I was there, so there's a lot of um, a lot you're of cool- flex your old man MLS knowledge. They're talking about Clint Mathis, by the way. I know, man. I'm flexing it. I'm gonna <laughs> flex it, man. Someone calls me out and says I'm not. A, I'm gonna. I'm gonna flex that. I'm gonna. They're go. talking about me. They're talking not talk. They know it's not. Well, you. I'm. I am going to. I'm going to flex the knowledge so that way it extends over to you. But flex yes. Um. But it was fun. The draft was fun. I. I will miss it when it's gone. I will still watch the live stream. I don't care. I will still do it. Um. 
But yes, uh, let's get to some Twitter questions. By the way, I just want I just wanted to pay some respects to that because it's probably ending. There's it no is. combine either, too, man. You can't watch the combine either. Watch a bunch of college kids who have no idea how to play with each other play really. Yeah, bad those games were great. <laughs> those were really good. They were and riveting, also, man. They were absolutely riveting. Listening to Matt Doyle do play by play, and that was great. Liverpool um, Everton has nothing on t- gen- Generation Adidas versus Team X or whatever they names they came up with. Well, before we move to Twitter questions, I want to give my our two minutes of loud United coverage as we are contractually obligated to do so. <laughs> uh, two things: they are having op- they just finished up having their first round of open tryouts uh, this last week, and Ryan Martin did a YouTube video saying he was very excited about the talent and thought maybe some of those players could move on, which is crazy to me. Open tryouts, netting players, just seems wacky. They're not done, folks. If you in January, if you want to become a professional soccer player, you too can pay, I believe, $50, maybe it's $100, and go try out to be on a USL team, folks. You know what we should do? We, we should, should do we should, We should use the – we should ask people, ask our Patreons if they want us to use some of their Patreon money. Yeah, stake us. To pay, for, to pay for tryouts and go try out for Loud United. And film it. And film it. And film and it. It would be the most will, hilarious I, thing. I nominate myself as tribute. I have three years uh, – <laughs> Youth soccer experience, two years adult rec co-ed experience with two goals and one red card. I have one year of JV experience and one year of varsity experience where I was the backup goalkeeper on my high school team. You so, win. You yeah. obviously win. <laughs> so it's My you. high school team was bad, by the way. We were very, very bad. So, uh, But still, we should, we should. that would be fun. That would be a fun would, video. And Hilarious. They would get very <laughs> mad at us for making a mockery of their tryout. We would um, we. We we want to do some of the cool things with the team, so maybe we should reconsider this. But yeah, yeah. you and I would go out there and we would just like start doing really like 1930s ass calisthenics in like gray sweatsuits. Like, get out of here, just go. This is you're not taking this seriously. This is is, like, all right, for warm up, for a warm up run 10 miles. Like, no, we're good. Thank you, (laughs) bye. See you. Uh, the last thing about Loud United. Check out the coverage uh, on uh, on Black and Red, uh, but. Loudon DC United were able to get ten million dollars more uh, out of Loudon uh, for the const- well, basically cost overruns on the stadium facility, including building bathrooms. So those that, those weird like uh, elevated trough bathrooms that they that you got to go to last year are going to be replaced by uh, real flushing toilets. So get excited! I think that's I think that's like the bare minimum we can all expect now. I think that's fair, and I'm glad that's coming. But there's also cost overruns for the new training facility that they are trying to finish. Ted believes now end of uh, into next year. Uh, I think is, I think they've said summer of next year. I thought oh, is what I saw. Wow, yeah, that's about a that's a full year then, maybe a year and a half behind schedule. Yeah, um, but it'll be big. Or I think is the is the thing there. That's cool. Hey, 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 you know, training facilities are a big thing that attracts players to your team. If they see a good training facility and they know they're going to be treated well. You know, maybe they don't want an extra million dollar on their contract. You know, that does it does spending that money does have an impact. Um, I think New England Revolution just opened their new training facility, too. So it's a huge deal to have that. And that's facilities that DC United has lacked, even with the new stadium. They've lacked those facilities. Chris, Chris Durkin got his first start and his Belgian team. Go, Chris. Wayne Rooney just sold his apartment. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you basically the Google News roundup. Oh, uh, we forgot to mention, too, Megan Rapino named uh, SI Sports Person of the Year. So congratulations to her. Well-deserved, in my opinion. Well deserved. Uh, all right. Twitter questions. Twitter questions. Let's roll. Let's do it. Uh, this is from Jeff Taylor, who uh, uh, is a very good Twitter follower of ours because he interacts with almost all of our tweets. Guys, get better. Be more like Jeff. Something I've been curious about, you both travel a decent distance to get to Audi Field. Do you know or can you speculate on how much of DC United's game day attendance comes from outside the Beltway? So Ted would Ted would want you to know that he comes from a much further distance than I do, which is inarguably true. But really, we're both really sacrificing for the team when we when we come. Really, we're doing it for the team. Um, we there there were a number of studies that came out uh, when the team was looking at relocating, when they were looking at Baltimore when they were looking at where they were going to build a potential before Audi Field was sort of settled. Um, most of the fan base, the season ticket holder groups, come from Northern Virginia. Um, I don't know about Beltway or no. I assume probably close to the Beltway. I don't imagine there's a large number of DC United fans in Stafford, and mm-hmm. I do not believe there, there – there used to be a pretty large traveling contingent from Richmond I, of I know that Ted was a part of for a while, uh, but still in the grand scheme of things – 
not not super huge. No way is probably close. Yeah, the DC used to have a pretty. I mean, we packed a bar for the 2012 playoff game. I'll never forget that. There was a whole side of the bar that was all DC United. Um, that has eroded partly because of what it, of of the Richmond Kickers sort of doing more doing better outreach than DC United. That outreach has pretty much vanished um, from from uh, Richmond, which is sad for me. Uh, the, the kickers have stepped in and done a, a very excellent job sort of filling that void and they've and they've uh, been successful at it, I think in sort of captivating a lot of that audience. Um, but uh, I would say probably still mostly Northern Virginia, I would say is where you're gonna find most uh, DC fans. Um, I would pretty, I would tend to say that I think the, um, the affluency and the youth soccer participation that happens in Northern Virginia is also really big as well. Um, I I would be curious to do another study to see if any of that's changed or any of that shifted. Um, but I would reckon to believe it's probably pretty similar. Um, and, uh, right now, I think also it was very easy to get to RFK from Northern Virginia because of how they set it up. Oh, it was um, so good. Yeah. It was so good, Ted. I think about it every time I go to a game at Audi Field. I'm like, man, even before, like, so the last two years at RFK, they had they had that, they had one of the exits blocked. Mm-hmm. We, I used to never even have to hit the brakes from Old Town Alexandria. I was just like, bloop, bloop. I would be home in five minutes, yeah. 10 minutes. It was glorious. Yeah. I missed it so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other, other tweets, tweets, tweets about the week. Uh, Ted opined on the fact that it's ridiculous that, uh, uh, teams do not get their jerseys out in time for Christmas, which he's right. Um, there were some folks talking about the development cycle, et cetera, et cetera. Here's what I would say. Slide the development cycle so that it coincides with Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and even if you're saying like, well, they want to make sure that there are other, the other teams that are starting later in the year can announce um, theirs at the start of their season. How about we just do them all Christmas, no matter if you're in season or out of season. How about that? Since when, since I- when does, since when is Capitals not left to sell I, stuff at Christmas on a Black Friday, no matter what? I feel like the European clubs do it around Christmas. Like, I feel it's like there are that. jersey announcements for the next season. Next, I understand the idea of people, well, they want to get rid of their old stock, blah, blah, blah. Fine, discount those. Yeah. Throw those out. Forty. I mean, everybody knows it's happening. The black jersey now is discounted. Everybody knows why it's being discounted, because they're having a new black jersey next season. So just do it on Christmas and discount it. And, you know, you're not fooling anybody, so to speak. And people will still buy the I'm, – I'm pretty sure you would still clear out your stack of old, of old jerseys. But um, it would be nice if it was better organized around Christmas. Um, I understand having it for the new season, you know, all of that. But, I mean, really, you, you're missing – I feel like you're missing out on an opportunity. So I think they also, should do it. Also, when about discounting and getting rid of their stock – they'll only have five or six months of the year where they're making a 300% net profit on their $130 pr- uh, primary uh, authentic that costs them $11, $8 to produce. So I don't want to hear about it. I just, I just hope the quality, cause I will say the quality of this year of the, the authentic black we have now so much better than the one before the one I, I have, like I have the one I got, like I got basically, I got it for Christmas. I got the black authentic one. And, um, I got it for, I actually got it for Christmas and it is falling apart already. The labels are peeling up. It's basically fine. And I don't treat it. I treat it the same as I treat my other Jersey. The one I got when I went to the stadium and bought it is holding up much better. The logo is holding up much better. Please keep the quality good. I don't want to drop $120 on a Jersey that's going to peel up and, and basically become like ugly within like a, within a couple years of wearing it. So, um, this one, this one was great. I love this jersey. The black one was fantastic. I don't know if you had the same experience with it. Yeah, I have them all. I'm a, I'm a mark. I buy them all. I buy them all. I get the authentic. I'm in between sizes. I end you, up. You need the stars on the jersey, the man. Jersey. Huh? You need the stars on the jersey. You can't go. I agree. Yeah. Ted, look at my closet. I can gear. <laughs> I I know. <laughs> I there was a time before where authentics you you could uh, you could iron on the stars. Yeah. Like I, I used to do that. They got. They have so much of my money. They have so. I I needed to do a second four hundred one k just for DC United gear uh, (laughs) in my in my upbringing. All right, let's Um, go to more more Twitter questions. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know that would have been that would have been good if I had one Uh, right down. Here we go. Another one from Jeff Taylor. See, look at this. Get get to be as good as Jeff Taylor. Everybody else. 
Can you talk about your predictions for what will replace flow for the 2020 season and how close to the season opener will it be for us to hear an announcement? I'm going to tackle the second one first. I think about 10 days before the opener, they will announce, they will have a formal announcement. I think about 15 days, to 16 days ahead of the, that uh, Steve will have it. Golf will have it as it's going to be ESPN plus mm-hmm. uh, on stream. And then maybe they'll have a terrestrial one, or maybe they'll just say ESPN plus is the way to go. What are your expectations on timeline and, and who? I, I think it's going to be ESPN plus. I think they're going to get it to, because they have, I think last year the flow sports was late because they had several games. It was really the second game of the season that they had the, the, where they had to do, um, where they had to do flow sports. Uh, so uh, where they had to be on flow sports, I think it'll be a little quicker. I'm, my prediction is, uh, by beginning of February, I think they will have the announcement down and they will have a partner. Um, again, I think it's ESPN plus. Um, I think the fact that we're already hearing they're in negotiations, um, bodes well. And then I think before then we'll pretty much know which one it's probably going to be. Um, cause we got, we got rumblings that it was going to be flow sports and we were all like, dear God, no, please. And then the, the announcement was official. Um, so I, I think it's going to be, I think they're going to be a little more on top of it than they have been in the past. Um, Fair enough. Uh, Rich at Rich underscore Lucky Duck agrees with me listening to our Thanksgiving podcast saying, uh, uh, talking about Yao and all the young players. If you don't have situations you can point to where you're going to use them often, it's criminal to bench ride Yao, Pines, Neiman. Let them play USL or loan them out. They need to play. Yep. We, uh, yep. That's, that's the deal. We've got all these young players that we're hoping uh, to make an impact at later. If you notice, none of them made the under 23 under MLS um yeah because they're not playing and they're just subs and unused subs most of the time so they've got to be playing somewhere to be able to actually establish themselves as a valuable player yeah and that and that was very i think this is i'm pretty sure this is one of the first times and again some guys aged out of it polyrola aged out of it um we don't have lucho i'm pretty sure aged out of it pretty quickly but we don't and chris durkin i think was on it as well um and i think he He's over in Europe. So there's some extending factors, but this was kind of the first season where there wasn't really a young, a DC player represented on that list. And that, that was kind of sad for me. Um, I'm like, wow, we got a lot of work to do. Um, we need, I think we need a hit. We need to hit either on Griffin Yao, Moses Neiman. We got to get a hit because it's been a lot of strikeouts lately for the, for the youth development. And um, it's starting to become, we had this great, you know, we got lucky with Annie Nahar and Bill Hamid. There hasn't been really hasn't been anything since um, a couple serviceable starters, but um, we need I think we need a big hit. And I hope it's if Chris Durkin goes off to, to Belgium and does well and then off to Europe and, and goes well. But um, his career has kind of stagnated a little bit and it's starting to go kind of a similar path. So um, there needs to be a hit soon. And I'm hopeful that the USL will show sort of show that um, will sort of show that and show that improvement. So. Some, uh, some DMs that we've got. Arthur Lampros says, uh, first of all, he gave us some compliments. I won't read those, but just assume they're much the opposite of what you would read on Big Soccer about us. Wouldn't it be great fun if Darby County comes to D.C. as one of the friendlies next year? Imagine Rooney playing for D.C. in the first half and Darby, play- and Darby in the second half. I predict a great turnout. Just a late night thought. Um, that would be, hol- that would be highly hilarious to me if he does a split time uh, friendly with a, with a team that you played for for a year. That would be amazing. I hope it does happen. Uh, it would be better to me than than some of the uh, the options they got for friendlies this past year. Um, and he also said, can you help clear something up on your next show, which would be this one? The XFL and Audi Field are in February and March, which sent now so are DC United, um, both February and March. Uh, will DC United will be playing with grid lines for opening day and until the field is redone? Question mark. Not a good look if so, and play will suffer. Um, I don't know if play will suffer, but the the TV experience will suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to put a new, uh, as it was sort of talked about last year, uh, it will be replaced uh, after the XFL season. So that way, uh, for most of the season, they will have a brand new field paid for by the Washington, whatever their names are. What is their names? Do you remember? Uh, DC Guardians. Defenders. Is that Defenders? what they're... That's what it is. Yeah. Whatever. Those <laughs> folks. Um so that's that's good. I think we just sort of writing off the first month of the season from a field perspective. It's going to be pretty pretty chewed up. But all that money, guys, I'm sure that it will be 
uh, utilized in some in some beneficial way. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think I think the important thing is the important the important thing to remember about it is it, they are giving a lot of time between the games. I think I think there's the first Washington game. And then there's two, and then they have two weeks to get the field ready. I don't think there'll be lines for that game. And then I think they're playing again on March 7th. And then I think they're probably going to go on a road trip for the rest of the XFL season. And then the field's going to be replaced. Maybe they play one game here or there. Um, depending on the schedule, there might be one game with football lines. Um, it It's not ideal. It's certainly not ideal. I wish DC could make enough money where they could say no to something like this. But this is why they bought the stadium. They have a deal with the government to do the game. So we got to deal with it. And I, who knows how long the XFL is going to be around. Who knows? It might. It well, might. It might <laughs> what's that? I said, well, if we want to place bets, not very long. I think. All right, here we go. The official RFK refugees betting line on the duration of the XFL. The over under I'm placing is two and a half seasons. I'll, I'll go a full three seasons. You're going the over on you're going the yeah, over. Yeah, I'm going on the over. Okay. Just because uh, so, I, I think it's 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 backed by a uh I can't remember the guy who owns the WWE, but he owns Vince he, McMahon? Vince McMahon, yeah. He has a lot of money and he's willing to spend it and to support to support that league. And the AAF showed that people still will watch football even in the spring. So and I think he will incur the losses. I think he wants to make up for he is still if you watch the this was the xfl show he is still very angry and still thinks that he can he 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 blames it, what he blames what the reason the xfl failed is nothing to do with him so i think he is going to sink his money in there i think he's going to tone down all the all the all the stuff that got the got the networks like no we don't want anything to do with cool this stuff. anymore the cool stuff you're saying uh like the, the he like the he hate me the running the, the running the ball thing the cool stuff may the 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 cool stuff might still be there still yes. might be some cool stuff there but I think there was a lot of other stuff that the networks were like no 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 we're done with this that I think he's going to tone down I think he will still I think he will get three seasons out of it and I think we'll have to deal with it so in in the light of this being the off season uh, our Twitter homework for you this is a trivia question for our Twitter listeners. Who have gotten to the show? This what is it? We're like an hour in at this point. Uh, what cabinet member is Vince McMahon married to, and what is their agency that they run? As the trivia question, very DC, very nerd wonky. If you get that, you will win a Quincy Ameriqua signed sticker. This is a collector's item. He will probably not be signing another RFK refugee sticker. <laughs> I, if if more than one person answers, which I'm hoping because I feel like there's a lot of dorks that listen to us, uh, I will I, we will use a number randomizer and find out which one of you gets this prize, and I will mail it to you. So that's a uh, that's a RFK refugees promise. I'm trying I'm not trying to get rid of this Quincy Ameriqua sticker. It's a valuable prize for an XFL question <laughs> on our MLS podcast. Yes, there that's you go. Of, that's a sign that we may be rounding home. On this episode, yes, we may be around third, heading to home on this episode. Uh, thank you. Do we get into? Um, do we get any Patreon subscribers? We did stall yes. for five seconds. So okay, I, can... I will. I all. All I will say is check out our show twitter.com dot slash refugees, facebook dot com search the RFK refugees podcast. I am going to say we will. I we will keep the phone number live through the through the beginning of the regular season. But please, please do. Do pick up that phone and call us. We want to hear your voices. This show is for you all. This show is this show is for you guys, and we want to hear your voices. John, did that give you enough time to find? You did. You yes. did. Uh, so we have ain't one new Patreon uh, since probably since we talked about it. Uh, Mark T. Buckley, who I believe is also a Twitter follower. A lot of our wonderful Patreons are downsizing in the off season and, and lowering their pledges, which. To get to be honest, I do not blame I do not blame you. If there was ever a time in the year you're gonna go from what your normal one was down to one dollar, it should and would be now. Um, but when we get kicking back up in uh, two months from now, uh, we hope to be providing you much more frequent and relevant content that makes you say, "I do. I want to give these guys more money. I remember when I used to give them ten times as much money, and I want to do that." So anyway, in the off season, if you decide to become a Patreon, I I love you. It's kind of wacky because we are. This is this is not our normal cadence, and we don't have as much to talk about as we usually would. Uh, but we are we stay active. We yeah. talk about XFL. 
We yeah. give you content. We keep it coming. We 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 give you content. We we are we are soldiers through this off season, and we'll probably keep doing. I, I like the two a week shows. Um, two a month, you mean? Not two a week. <laughs> Definitely not that. That'd be bad. Uh, we are at forty-seven reviews on iTunes. Get us to fifty. I feel like that's a. I feel like that. Wow. By the way, this one. <laughs> This will be not as interesting on the on the podcast list thing. Somebody has already answered the trivia question right now. Just got it on yes. our Twitter. <laughs> so good job. I won't say if it was right or not. But anyway, 47, rec- 47 ratings on uh, iTunes. Uh, be get to get us to fifty. I think that'd be a good uh, off season activity. Uh, leave a review if you want. Um, you can make it be full of show inside jokes. You can make fun of the fa- fact that I've only been a fan since 07. And you can challenge Ted to a trivia contest on yes. Big Soccer. Any of these things you can do, just make it interesting and, and get us to 50. Yes, yes. Um, I think we're going to wrap up the show. Um, I think someone was trying to get in, but I think we'll... On the phone? Yeah, we got... we got, we got. got. Uh, I think we got Greg on the phone. <laughs> it's, all right, let's... let's. Uh, yeah, I think we're just going to... We're going to... We're, we're going to... Uh, Greg Greg wants to answer the trivia question. I think he he got a, he also answered in the in the in the YouTube in the We're, YouTube he chatted right. Great. We want to give some I other was, people a chance maybe to answer the question. I think is what we're going to go with. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. No. I I think this is great. We've gotten a lot of <laughs> a lot of quick positive instant feedback on this trivia question. Maybe this is a thing I'm going to do from now on. Yeah. Yeah. We should do it like maybe at the beginning of the show. That's maybe what. Yeah, we'll and do. maybe more about soccer instead of about. So, Greg, we appreciate you calling in and wanting to give your answer. We're going to let some other people try to answer the question as well, so to try to win the sticker. So we've gotten some already submitted responses, so we'll probably do the draw like John talked about. So, um, Yep, end of tomorrow. End of tomorrow, yep. All right, Uh, well, thank you all so, so much for listening. You guys, even if you're listening to the show, you guys are still awesome, but please call in, contribute, do what you can, help us out. The show's for you guys. So, and we will catch you all next week. Vamos. Vamos. She's happy on her own. And she picks up all the pieces. She's going home.